I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to episode 103 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to say a massive thank you to our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Emma VM, Miranda W, Rogelio Rodriguez, Thomas Rogers, Addy, Tabitha Clark, Julie Grancelli, Monica Rizal, Victor Verde Jr., Bridget Curtin. The man in the wide-brimmed hat. <laughs> Andrea Gray. Lois Kelly. Beth Smith. Matt Osborne. Jessica Howell. Corby Lynn. Lindsay Luby. Sean Duffy. Alison Rogan. Anita. Ryan. Robert M. Mindy Bird. Arelli Tolentino. Vix Collins. Thank you so much. And uh, man in the wide-brimmed hat, you're not welcome. In these parts. Okay? You're not welcome. I know you want to give us $5 a month, but no, no. You can keep your money. No, and also, really. also to Andrea Gray. I'm sorry, your name might have gotten lost there when I was giggling at Man in the Wide, wide Brimmed Hat. So Andrea Gray is in there too. And we've got a birthday this week. We would like to say a massive happy birthday to Alex from Ix De Martino. Alex is a massive fan of the podcast and also a massive fan of Dan's streams on Twitch. Hey. So massive happy birthday, Alex. We hope you have an amazing day. Happy birthday to you. And our film review this week. Our film review is Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep was released in 2019. It has 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Oh, go on then. Struggling with alcoholism, Dan Torrance remains traumatised by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. His hope for a peaceful existence soon becomes shattered when he meets Abra, a teen who shares his extraordinary gift of the shine. Together they form an unlikely alliance to battle the True Knot, a cult whose members try to feed off the shine of innocence to become immortal. I would like to point out that I've accidentally written the gift of the shin <laughs> throughout that review, unintentionally. Are you sure that's not just Simpsons bleeding into your brain now? So what were your thoughts on this film? I really liked it. It was not, not at all what I was expecting from a sequel to The Shining, but it was uh, it was good. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I'm quite keen to see the director's cut at some point in my future. It's very long, though, isn't the director's cut? Well, yeah. I mean, this was this is pushing three hours as, without it, so um, it is a long movie anyway. But I am very keen to see it, and yeah, I was really impressed. I don't know whether it's um, I don't know whether it's true horror. I guess it is. That's the thing about Stephen King, though, isn't it? Like when my knowledge of Stephen King is limited, right? I haven't I haven't read any Stephen King books, but I've seen some of Stephen King movies. And it, to me, so it, as in the clown film, felt like a child's adventure story that was also scary rather than being a true horror film. And I feel the same way about this film. I thought it was really good and a really interesting film. But is it really horror? There are some jump scares. There are, and there are bits that are horrific in that very dark Stephen King way where he plays with some real human horror, like mm. addiction alcoholism what that causes and what that brings so in those aspects there are elements of it that are horrific i really enjoyed it like i really enjoyed it this felt much more like a stephen king movie than the shining did which is interesting right the shining was very much i I wouldn't show it to a child whereas potentially an 
you know, an older child might get through Doctor Sleep. It wouldn't. It might be quite scary. But and there's all there would be a bit of explaining. Like there's a death in the beginning yeah. that involves a child, which is very dark, and yeah. I I found it quite upsetting. Oh yeah, there's that. There's yeah, that, I guess. And then there's you know the 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 true knot. Their their whole stick is like murdering children yeah, okay, in the so most maybe painful don't, way maybe possible. Don't, maybe don't show it to children actually. But there's uh, there's it feels more it feels more like a buddy not a buddy movie like a coming of age movie than The Shining did. The Shining felt dark. Yes. And I think that's obviously Kubrick's touch in hindsight, isn't it? I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. Whereas Stephen, I guess Stephen King's stories are actually a little bit more wholesome than he'd like to think. And they are often coming of age stories. Yeah. And, and how people manage coming of age. What I really liked about it, as somebody who had never seen The Shining until last week, I really liked the exploration of what The Shine actually is and how there's loads of different people in the world with The Shine. And I thought Abra, so the little girl who is like this immensely, has this immensely strong shine, was such an amazing character. She's proper badass as well. Like, she does quite early on where you think, oh no, she's in trouble. And then she just... Oh, she's (laughs) wicked. She just kicks the bad guy's butt straight away. And you're just like, okay, this is not your average child <laughs> no she is a cool fearless badass yeah. character you know she is a character for teenage girls to look up to right she's wicked and i also quite liked that the the bad guy in the film was a strong woman yep i mean strong woman with all the wrong intentions yeah i mean the wrong kind of strong maybe. total total <laughs> evil wench loved a top hat i got well by the time i got to the end uh, the whole top hat thing very much annoyed me I was like, okay, Stevie Nicks wannabe, you need to make some different fashion choices here. Okay. I know the hat is your thing, but I think if you're, if you make a point of wearing a hat, where your name becomes Rose the Hat, you're trying way too hard. That's just my opinion. Don't come for me in my dreams. Okay. But the whole little band of cars or whatever they're called, the traveling. The true knot. What? (laughs) That was what the cult was called. Okay. The true knot. The true knot. Oh yeah. So they were just, um. They were a cool little concept as well. I liked them. And I liked how they decided to either recruit or eat, depending on what the power was. I read somewhere, I don't know if it was a comment that somebody left or if it was in some review, that the bad guys, the true knot, were very reminiscent of like the vampires in Lost Boys, where they were like glam rock, hippie-ish people, which I was very into. Loved it. Lost Boys are way cooler. I mean, they really are, aren't they? (laughs) Definitely. So I, I, you know, I thought Hugh McGregor was great as well and played Dan Torrance in a very understated way. As an, as an adult, Dan Torrance could have been a total wild character, but he actually really didn't. He just was somebody who wanted to have a peaceful existence and sort his life out and that was it. And the throwbacks to The Shining, I thought were done very well. They were done really well and it was good to see that they obviously found new actors because the old actors aren't the same age anymore yeah <laughs> um but they found them that they looked the the shelly deval replacement looked very much like her the the child that they chose to be young danny looked very much like young danny and even elliot from et did a fairly decent job of mimicking jack nicholson yeah so, and yeah, it was fair play. and and without it being like it, it just didn't feel ridiculous those flashbacks to the shining i i thought you know what you did really well because i can't imagine how hard it must be to take on uh, the sequel to a film that is such a classic film and such a well-respected film. So I thought they did pretty well. What, what would you give this film out of five? I'm going to give it 4.7 out of five. <laughs> why are you taking off point three? Well, I want to say, if you're, this isn't why I'm taking off point three, but this is a caveat. If you're looking for a, a horror movie that's going to make you jump and scared, this isn't the one. But if you're looking for a good movie, then check this out for sure. I'm taking off point three because we didn't get a here's Danny moment with the axe, which is all I wanted the whole way through the film. Yeah, you really did. You were waiting for it the whole way through. Didn't happen, though. It did not happen. I'm going to give it a four. And the reason why I'm giving it a four is because for me, as somebody who has an incredibly low attention span. this is the reason you're going to give it. It was just way too long. People and, need to and we start... watched it in two parts as well. We had I a know. break in the middle and it's still too long. <laughs> People need to start making really long films, okay? They need to wrap it up in an hour. What was that film we watched that was an hour long? It was Host or something. That was perfect. Yeah. Keep, it, keep all films to an hour and I'll be happy. It was way too long, but I did think that everybody, like you, McGregor, is the love of my life anyway. I thought everybody was well cast and the characters were really good and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film, but just very long for me. And like you said, it's not a true horror. So if you're looking for something that's, you know, going to stay with you or you're going to have nightmares about or whatever. 
I feel like this isn't it. I feel like I've been misquoted, even though that's what I said. It is a horror film. It's just not one that's going to scare you. Yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Which brings us to our stories this week. Ooh, plural. I've realized that every 30 episodes or so... We do a time slips or glitch in the matrix episode, <laughs> so it's time to return to, to slip return back to the time slips. Oh, nice! I mean, that was a real dad joke, but I'm here for it. We do time slip episodes every so often on Patreon, and people have asked who can't subscribe to the Patreon if we could do another time slip episode on the main feed. So here we are. We got some time slips going. All of these time slips have come from Reddit. I will leave all the links to all of the stories in the show notes for this episode. Are you ready for story number one? Never ready for any stories ever. Story number one comes from user Odorous Rex. <laughs> the usernames on Reddit always take away from yeah, the seriousness really of the story. <laughs> they really do. I recently discovered this subreddit via subreddit of the day and was enthralled by all of these stories. It reminded me of something that happened to me a long time ago, something that always stays slightly at the back of my mind. I never thought of it as a glitch in the matrix, but it just fits so well. The memories of it are still vivid to this day, even though I had also written it all down in my journal a couple of weeks after I got home. I've used that as a refresher for writing this up, I was 16 and a typical teenage boy. It was the summer of 1993. My parents had sent me to Outward Bound, a month in the outdoors with other troubled teenagers, pushing our limits, making us learn trust, etc. In reality, it was hiking 10 miles a day with 40 to 60 pounds on your back in the middle of nowhere with other misfits just trying to get through it and get back to our lives. We were in the Three Sisters Wilderness of the Oregon backcountry. Beautiful land. We were about two weeks into our month-long trip. I became close with a girl named Eva in my group. Of about ten girls and boys and three guides, one guy and two women, who was from Sweden. I'd been to Sweden a couple of years earlier and we were able to talk about places I visited that she knew. I'll never forget her and I was completely crushed on her. She was a beautiful blonde with green eyes. She was tanned. The night before the incident, she and I kissed, and we made out a little, out off by where we camped. We got caught by one of the guides, and told that relationships, and especially sex, were not allowed. Something they drilled into us from day one. No drugs, no alcohol, no sex. We were just kissing somewhat innocently. I'd also been friends with a guy named Steve. He got blisters on his ankle the first week and it got infected. The guides wanted him to drop out, go to a doctor, but he soldiered on. We kept it clean and bandaged and even though he had a noticeable limp, he managed to keep up with all of us just fine. He talked the guides into thinking that it was no big deal, and he stayed. He had amazing willpower, and I kind of looked up to him. He was almost always our group leader. And now came the weird part. 
the part where everything changed for me. We were taking a lunch break alongside a gorgeous crystal blue glacial fed pool. There was a minor waterfall, maybe just 10 feet, from the stream above feeding it. The water was deep, but absolutely crystal clear and blue, and cold, so refreshing after a hot summer hike. You could see the soft gravel at the bottom. Five large boulders stood in a perfect circle on the bottom as if put there by someone. Completely submerged, they were perfectly equidistant from each other. Someone quickly noted that there was just enough room in the centre to dive off the waterfall and swim down to the gravelly beautiful bottom. A couple of other kids, including Steve with his injured foot, went and dove. I, of course, wanted to impress Eva, and she said it looked fun but was too scared to do it. She said she would try it if I did. My teen ego immediately rose to the challenge. I climbed up the wet rocks next to the waterfall to the top. I remember looking down at the beautiful crystal blue water, the light filtering through the forest leaves, Eva looking and smiling up at me. It was just a perfect, beautiful day. I jumped. The next thing I know I'm on the side of the pool coughing up water with two extremely concerned guides nursing over me and a massive headache. They're telling me I hit my head on one of the boulders. I'm lucky I'm not dead. Steve is nowhere around. Eva doesn't look a bit concerned. She's off gossiping with one of the other girls. A couple of the other kids are with me and the male guides help me up. The waterfall is there, but the pool is now murky green, or brown. You can barely see the boulders on the bottom. I think I just must have stirred up some dirt or something. I wasn't really thinking clearly. I seemed okay. The back of my head hurt, although my forehead was the part that had a minor cut on it. The third guide comes up at this point and makes me do some tests. What year is it? Who's the president? What's my name? Etc. It's 1993, Clinton is the new president, all is right with the world. We take an extra long lunch just to make sure that I'm okay. The guides decide I probably just have a minor concussion. They should keep me up all night just to be safe. They decide we're going to hike to a closer, alternate camp, since I might be concussed. If things get worse, they can call in the rangers. I didn't notice until later... But Steve wasn't with us. Eva seemed decidedly standoffish, and I didn't get much of a chance to talk to her. The guides wanted to keep me behind them, one in the back and two in the front. At camp that night, I noticed that Steve was missing. I freaked out, thinking we've left him, and told the guides. They quickly calmed me down, and they told me that Steve hasn't been with us for four days. When his foot got infected, they called the rangers and the rangers took him to town. He could barely walk and he's now out of the programme and has been sent home. That made no sense to me. I could have sworn he was with us. I remember all four days of him hiking with us and his foot getting progressively better every day. I didn't say anything else because I didn't want them thinking I was crazy. I figured because of my head I'd misremembered. Although it was all so clear, I remembered talking to him at lunch. That night it got weirder. The guides were going to take shifts, staying up with me. I asked Eva if she would stay up with me for a little bit. She looked at me like I was crazy. And her accent was different. She just laughed at me. The male guide noticed and he said to me that I was one hell of a persistent guy. We talked and he said I'd been after Eva this whole time and I really should just give it up. He was nice about it but it got through to me that I was being a creep or at least he thought so. I didn't understand what was happening. He said it wouldn't work anyway when she gets back to Brazil because you'll never see her again. Brazil? Not Sweden. Eva was from Brazil. This couldn't be true. I thought I must have taken a bigger hit on the head than expected. 
and I just stayed quiet from that moment on. I was so confused. I stayed up all night, thinking of things, and in the morning, I felt fine. The rest of the trip was uneventful, but everything seemed suddenly slightly different for me from that day on. I've never understood exactly what happened. I suppose it was just a head injury. That makes sense, but some part of me just doesn't believe it. My world shifted that day. The memories before that moment are as clear and as easy to recall as what I had for breakfast this morning, or my wife's face. Even after I got back, my parents seemed different. They kept telling me what a changed and different person I was. Outward bound is supposed to change you. Just not like that, I guess. The whole world seemed different. Computers seemed better overnight. Like, I didn't remember having such a cool computer. Just a shitty one. Everything seemed different. Video games were more popular and better. And the rest of high school, I felt like an outsider. I had always fit in before. But as the years passed, I grew used to it. And grew used to my new self. Even though I have a rational explanation, my head injury, I've always doubted. I wonder if the Matrix reprogrammed itself, or I switched consciousness with an alternate me, or somehow, through some fluke of the universe, I slipped through into a universe almost, but not quite the same as the one I'd come from. I'm in my late 30s now, happily married. But I still think about that day and that crystal blue pool. That is a weird story. It's like he just remembered some other life. Some other world where he was in the same scenario, but everything was slightly different. I mean, it's got a very obvious explanation, hasn't it? What is the obvious explanation? That he dived into a portal in the blue lake. There is no other explanation that there could be. That ring of boulders was obviously a portal. 100%. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I really feel like it's a waste of a use of a portal, though. You know, if you didn't know it was a portal. No, no, I know that. But as portals go, if you're going to dive into a portal, but you end up in a world that's still yours, just slightly shitter. Because that's what happened. You know, everything was a bit rose-tinted before he dived into the portal. He dives into the portal and everything's just a bit shit. But it's not like an intentional portal. It's just like the hole. So, you know, like when you stitch clothes together, they have like a seam. Yes. Maybe it's like a split in the seam between alternate realities. Maybe. You have to keep them open in order to keep them in existence. And that's why it was underwater, because it's probably quite inaccessible normally. Unless you think, oh, let me dive through it. And then when you die for it, you go to shit world. Shit world. Is that the official title of yeah. this place? <laughs> Hi, and welcome to shit world. Except it's not that shit because the computers are really good. <laughs> computers are really good, but he no longer is shifting that girl. Yep. His best friend has been kicked off the course. Yep. He doesn't fit in in high school. He yep. just has to get on with it. But he's got a really good computer. But he's got a re- And video games are really popular yeah. now. So always a silver lining. So listen, is it really that much worse? I don't know. But imagine the one he switched, the reality switched places with. He wakes up in his world and he's like, wow, this is a fit girl and a friend. And then he gets back to his house and he goes, what the f- is this pile of crap when he gets to his computer and doesn't do anything? It's like, huh? We had decent computers and nobody's into video games. What's going on? So then, it's just so weird, isn't it? Random. Very, very It's just random. such a strange story. And I, I don't know how you would... Like genuinely, say if this happened to like you or me, I don't. I definitely wouldn't cope with the anxiety. My head would explode from not really quite understanding what was going on. But then you always have at the back of your mind, it's the head injury. Yes. So at least you have something to hold on to, you know. But I'm telling you now, it's not the head injury, mate. You went through the seam between alternate realities. Are you ready for another glitch in the matrix tale? Never ready. And our second story comes from Word Blender. This glitch happened on a beautiful, clear summer evening in 1982. My friends and I were all 17 years old. I was with my best friend, Betty, and my boyfriend, Scott, and his best friend, Steve. We had not been drinking, and we had not been doing drugs. It was a Saturday night, and we had decided we were going to eat at our favourite local taco place. 
Now this place was set up where you ordered and paid at the counter and then someone would bring you your food. So we'd ordered and after a few minutes the waitress brought us our meals. We were talking, laughing and just having a nice time. The eating area was about the size of a standard McDonald's eating area. There were booths along the walls and the tables were in the middle. The three walls of the eating area were mostly windows. We were sitting in a booth near the door. Scott and I were facing the counter while Betty and Steve were sitting across from us. Since it was a Saturday night, the place was fairly busy and there were only a few empty tables. The glitch happened when we were almost done eating. With no warning, the lights turned off and the room was plunged into darkness. Now as you know, when something like that happens, you get a few gasps, someone might let out a small shriek and people would start asking questions. None of that happened. Betty, Steve, Scott and I all looked at each other in confusion. We looked around the restaurant and everyone acted completely normal. Families were chatting and eating. People were at the counter ordering. The waitresses were bringing out food. One guy got up and wandered into the pitch black bathroom. The cooks were busy cooking in the dark kitchen. A couple came in from outside and placed an order at the counter. After looking around and realising no one else was reacting, we huddled together and asked each other what was going on. Moonlight was streaming onto our table, car headlights flashed around the room as cars passed by on the busy road outside. Red lights flashed around the room as police cars sped by. We all watched as a waitress brought food to another table. We briefly discussed getting up to ask her what was going on but none of us did. We watched as the cashier rang up the new order and the couple seated themselves at a vacant table. We saw a small boy playing with his toy car while his parents ate and talked. But all of this was happening in a room that was lit only by the moonlight. Unnerved, we decided we'd go up to the counter and ask what was happening. And right then the lights blazed back on. We blinked and squinted in the sudden brightness and everyone else continued uninterrupted. We waited for a few minutes to see if anything else was going to happen but nothing did. We finally decided to leave. The rest of the night was completely normal and we never experienced anything like that again. That's a really bizarre one. And that's, I just, before you give your scientific opinion... I found another story that was really similar, but really, really short. And it was somebody who was in Florida in the middle of the day with their friend, like, say, walking somewhere and everything went black for a second. And they thought, what's just happened to my eyes? Like, have I, did I momentarily go blind? And they walked on another few steps and this person was thinking about it. And then their friend turned to them and said, did everything just go black for a second? And that was outside in the middle of the day and they both experienced it. So... There was a similarity there that I thought was important to mm. highlight. This is another glitch in the Matrix story rather than the time slip though, isn't it? Both of them. Yes. So it's odd because it makes you question whether like we are actually in some kind of simulation, doesn't it? <laughs> Which is very alarming. Well, we wouldn't know, would we? And as long as you don't care, what skin does it? No, that's not the right phrase. What? What skin does it? Yeah. What? No, I don't know what the phrase There's is. no skin off your nose. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one you're thinking yeah, of? something like that. I don't know. No skin off your back or whatever, is it? If you don't think about it, like, it's generated to make us not think about it. It's just when it glitches that you like. But then how does it glitch at the same time for four people who all experience the same thing? Because they're linked, That's aren't the they? They're not four random people who experience it. They're four people that know each other. Yeah, I guess. And they're interacting with each other. So it'd be like, I guess it's like computer code, isn't it? If, if codes are linked... And one glitches, they all glitch. It's a very odd thing to think about, isn't it? Like, I find these more compelling than a lot of ghost stories that we cover, like famous ghost stories, because with ghost stories, you always can say, oh, it's, you know, mental illness, which people, a lot of people hate when I say that. But, you know, that's the world we live in. Or you can say, you know, the the energy in that house caused, you know, whatever. But these are such strange little stories and they seem to be so insignificant as well. Like, it's not like they're saying, 
we were suddenly plunged into an alternate universe where everybody was green. And, you know, it's... I mean, I'd say the first one was pretty significant because it changed his entire yeah, life. <laughs> but it changed in the tiniest ways. Yeah. So small things changed about his life. It's not like he got home and his parents were completely different people or... There, it's it's a little thing that is seems to be so tiny, but it's so earth shattering when it happens. But I guess it would make sense if we were in one big simulation machine. It would be running loads of different simulations side by side, wouldn't it? So it would just be a glitching from one simulation to another, right? Yes. Which is bizarre to think about. So it would be slight changes because that's what the simulation, that's what simulation is, isn't it? It looks at all the variables and changes one of the variables and see how, sees how it runs with that variable. So the changes would be tiny if that was something that was actually happening because it would only be Aww. one variable different from the one you left. It makes me, it keeps me the heebie-jeebies. I <laughs> Why don't like it, though? Because it really doesn't matter. Like, it has no significant, unless it glitches, like, massively, it has no significant impact on you. It's think... like the whole Mandela theory, isn't it? Like, the Mandela effect, rather. That could be a series of glitches. It's not, like, we've got explanations for it to a point. But... It's only one tiny thing, isn't it? If you spend all your time looking at it, yeah, it's going to freak you out. But if you just consider it as like one thing that changes, like we make choices every day, don't we? So we impact what we, we impact our life every day through the choices we make. We don't spend like, obviously we spend a bit of time dwelling on some decisions, but we don't like me having caffeinated or decaffeinated tears is a choice that would change the way my life goes for the rest of the day, but only on a slight scale. So it's just how long you spend fixating on it, right? Well, now I'm going to spend forever fixating on it. Thank you, no Mr. Science over there. <laughs> it's would not really you... science. It's uh, Don't call it science because that gives me way too much credit. <laughs> would you like another story? Yeah, go for it. So this comes from I Glitched. I haven't told this to anybody for some reason, but found this subreddit and I figured sharing our experience anonymously can't hurt. Right around Christmas, me and my significant other We're both home and just doing our own thing. When I went to the kitchen to grab something to drink. It was already dark outside, so I flipped the switch to turn the lights on, but accidentally hit it again as I was lowering my hand, which turned the lights off. So naturally, I tried turning the light back on, but it didn't go back on. So I figured the bulb fried, and I thought nothing of it, and hollered to my SO that when she comes back from meeting a friend, she could drop by a store and get a new light bulb. She couldn't hear me properly, since there's a hallway between the kitchen and the living room. So she came to me, and after I told her to get a new bulb, she asked which light bulb I'm talking about. I was pretty confused about why she would ask me that, since we only have one light source in the kitchen if you exclude the fridge. So I told her I'm talking about the lamp, of course. To which she replied... Why do we need a new one? It's working fine. For her, the light was perfectly fine and the kitchen was lit. But to me, the light was off and everything was completely dark. I told her that the light was off and it's obviously dark in here. Which was the point that she started looking at me strangely as if I'd gone a bit insane. She then flipped the switch on and off repeatedly. But for me, nothing changed. She told me it was working fine and asked me how I couldn't possibly see it turning on and off. At that point, I was confident that she was just trying to mess with my head and I told her to stop playing jokes and just get a new bulb. But she kept arguing back that the lamp was working fine. I was still sure she was trying to mess with me, just to a greater extent than I had thought. So I said, right, I'll take out my phone and take two pictures. One when the light is off and one when it's on for you. If I get one picture where the light is on when you say it's on, I'll agree to anything you want from me for the entire week. But by then she was starting to look a bit more freaked out. But agreed to it anyway. So I took the first photo with the light off when she flipped the switch. I took another and immediately noticed the thumbnail in the iPhone's camera app that shows the latest photo. And it was bright. I opened the photo and the light was on, even though I was still seeing darkness at that very moment. We tried it again a couple of times, and each time it produced the same result. For her, everything was the way it was supposed to be. And for me... 
the light was constantly off. She was now completely freaked out and insisted I call an ambulance or a psychiatric helpline and kept asking me how I felt if anything else seemed off. But I felt completely normal other than being completely stunned by what had just happened. Of course I questioned my own sanity. But I dismissed it once I realised that this was just one thing that was wrong but everything else was completely normal and I felt completely normal. I've no idea what to think of this. We were both right there talking to each other but one detail was different for the two of us. If there were actually two worlds somehow intertwining I'd at least expect her to have been in the same position to see the light off at all times or my phone to take pictures where the light was off but that's not how it was. So after thinking about this for a few weeks the most logical conclusion I've come to was that it was just me who was in a different universe or world or anything rather than anything surrounding me or in my hands. By now my SO has calmed down and chalked it up to something unexplainable or some sort of burst of insanity in my head and still insists that if anything similar should ever happen to me I seek psychological help right away. Also, the lamp worked fine after I went to test it again in about half an hour after this happened. I'd suggest medical testing in this instance. This is very unlike you. Why would you suggest medical testing? What's I your just, what's your thought it behind it? It feels like a little bit of a, like a stroke-like symptom to me. It doesn't seem very, uh, I don't know. But I've got, I've got an alternative theory to that. Yeah. And it sounds almost as if he glitched. Because if we're in a simulation, then we would be artificial as well, right? And so it's almost like he did something that didn't compute with his own system by rolling the light switch. So, Yeah, and that, he wasn't meant to do that. And that glitched him rather than the system. It, I do agree with you. I would be, if this happened to me or you, yeah. I would be insisting on medical tests. Like absolutely insisting. And there was that, there was that story we did on Patreon um, a couple of months ago where the guy and the girl both experienced something really like glitchy in the matrix at the same time and did end up going to A&E because they thought they had like carbon monoxide poisoning or something and they both came back with absolutely nothing medically wrong with them which i think is like scary but actually probably the right thing to do because if it turns out you have got a medical condition oh yeah i would like well you know me if if this happened to either of us i'd be like straight to a&e can i freak you out a little bit more oh god yeah no oh no you've got that look on your face like you're going to say something that's going to make me want to melt into the ground so you know how we don't understand our brain fully yes maybe that's because we're not supposed to understand our brain fully because then we'd realize that we're in a simulation do you want to hear another story? Go I actually it. can't. This this is too, this is making me break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> so maybe it's like the, the 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 simulation machine locks that part of our head so that we can never understand it. Because if we did understand it, then we'd become sentient and we'd realise that we were in the matrix, and then obviously that would cause big glitches. Our next story. <laughs> Comes from White Zombie Cat. Good name again. Nice, serious. Yeah, nice. Setting the tone. <laughs> One time, my wife and I were coming back from a dinner night out. When I opened the door of the house, she was sitting at her computer working, as I usually find her when I get home. Nothing unusual. Except that she had been for dinner with me, and she was entering the house with me. I shrugged it off thinking I was seeing things and carried on. We went to bed and I told her that I had seen her sitting at the computer. And she went dead serious and told me that when I opened the door, she also saw herself sitting at the computer working. It was the creepiest thing I've ever experienced. The fact that our neighbour's two-year-old daughter used to point to the TV when it was off and tell us that the person on the screen was making scary faces and that she wanted it to go away didn't help us getting much sleep that night either. No, I'm not surprised. There's some poltergeist stuff going on there, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's the... I can deal with him seeing her. Right, you would totally be like, oh, I'm so used to seeing you yeah, sitting there that like I... That yeah, it's just that engraved image. And even if it's not, like, it's unnerving at best. 
but seeing yourself freaks me out. It's like that story um, your friend told you about seeing the old, older... Oh, version. the older version of themselves. Oh, no, can't deal with that. If anybody needs that, I've told this story before, but just a quick recap. My friend was on the train and he said he sat down. He has no interest in anything paranormal or anything like that. He sat down and he looked up and the man in front of him, he said he was it was literally him, but older. And he got really freaked out and he was staring at this man and the man just put down his newspaper, looked at him and said, I know, don't ever get married. And then went back to reading. I mean, how, how weird, like, that is so weird. So weird. But I can't, I, I, the fear, if we were, if this happened and, and you, you say, oh, this, the weirdest thing happened. So when we walked in earlier, you know, I thought I saw you sitting there. Can you imagine if I was like, oh God, I saw the same thing. I'd yeah, fucking, I would have left you. I'd set myself on fire. <laughs> I just know the universe isn't ready for two of me. I'd fucking. But what, do no. you think the person? Do you think in the alternate reality, the lady, the wife that was sitting at the computer, turned and saw her husband come back from work, and behind her was her? Oh no! And had don't. the same problem in the other universe because it must have happened. This is making me feel sick. I think we've got. I think we've actually got two things going on here. I think we've got the glitch and we've also got something going on you with your TV. <laughs> yeah, the TV is a separate <laughs> issue separate altogether. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think the TV is uh the TV is something else. Um so white zombie cat, um you got two problems. Yeah. I don't know which is a bigger problem to be honest. Yeah, I really don't know which is a bigger problem. Don't have that child back in your house would be the first thing I'd say because that that just limits the, yeah, because, your exposure to it, right? something in the TV pulling scary faces, if you can't see it, yeah, what, don't worry about it doesn't it. matter, does it? Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so don't bring the gateway in. This whole episode has made me question, you know those moments where we're like, we think Tiny Bim is like downstairs and then it turns out she's upstairs in the other room and we've had a couple of times where we think she, we transport. Yeah. What if Bim is glitching? <laughs> She might be, because she's a very glitchy creature in general, you know? Maybe that's why she gets so weirded out, because she keeps seeing herself. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Because she, she, as we've spoken about before, like, Bim is not very well able to get around. Uh, if you're a new listener and you don't know, Bim is our cat. She's very not very well able to get around because she's lots of medical issues. But sometimes she just, and not in, a, not in a cat, like, sneaky way, she just appears next to you. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking, you were downstairs a literal second ago and you're actually not able to climb the stairs. sometimes takes her like five minutes to climb the stairs. Yeah, so her. I don't really... She Maybe she is glitching. Yeah. <laughs> this story comes from Hold the Chimichanga. <laughs> just a little hint. If you're going to write a really serious story on her... Use a throwaway account on Reddit and have a really cool yeah. username. So if people like me don't, it doesn't ruin the episode. You know? What's this called? Chimichanga what? Hold the chimichanga. I died. I saw it. I lived it. Either it was another world with a version of me that died or I'm going crazy, but I died. We had a pep rally in school and after it was finished, we had to go back to class. Well, my friend and I were not into that, so we wanted to go across the street to Sonic Across from the school, there isn't really heavy traffic. But if you don't pay attention, you could get hit. I remember walking with him, and he dropped something, so I went across the street first. I just saw a red Tahoe heading right for me, and I got hit. I remember everything. I remember gasping for air. I remember waking up and then sleeping again. And then nothing. All of a sudden, I was back in the stadium again, and the exact same words came out of the principal's mouth. My friend wanted to go and get Sonic, but I was freaking out. I thought this had to be a dream, so I went with him just to see what would happen. He dropped his stuff again, but instead of crossing the road, I waited, and to my horror, that same red Tahoe showed up. I told him that I was going back to school. I am not dying again. I can still see the other version of me on that street messed up, not moving. That wasn't a glitch. That was a premonition, mate. Do you think that was a premonition? 100%. I mean, that is... That's some Final Destination stuff, isn't it? And and, and death is somewhere in its, yeah, you so know... Yeah, so it's probably a giant 
timber log is probably going to crush him to death in a couple of weeks but you know that scene in final destination <laughs> fucks me off yeah because i the odd time i've been driving and i've seen a truck with like timber on the back i've been <laughs> like i'm just gonna really break and just start yeah, no, I'm not. lanes and there <laughs> must be like literally thousands of people who have that same yeah. thought though you know you're you know you're driving behind like a car transport yeah and i always think this is too perilous like this is precariously stacked up here i'm not i'm not here for this kind of thing you know, in one of the final destinations, there's a girl that gets all the nails in her face. I think I've only seen like the first one. Anyway, people used to say that she looked like me. And I never really <laughs> asked what, whether it was before or after the nails in her face, because I don't know if I wanted to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more for you. Okay. I, d- I don't know how many more this can handle. I'm this is the last shook. one. It's only that one, that wife seeing herself is the one that shook me. The other ones, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> Why are you, so- you're so okay with this, and this really puts me on edge. Because I do... Obviously, it's not good to be ignorant all the time, but I do see, I do feel like there are moments in this life where actually choosing the ignorance is 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 bliss. It's probably better, yeah. <laughs> this final story comes from McKay of Spades. Every night, I go to bed about two hours before my husband. I always wake up when he comes into the room. One night, he was gaming with a friend. And it was hours later when I heard him sneak into the room and crawl across the floor so he could pop up and scare me. I felt the floor kind of shake and I felt him bump clumsily against the side of the bed in the dark. I held out my hand and asked him not to scare me. I was already scared enough and begged him to just take my hand and come to bed. I couldn't see anything in the room but I knew he was there and just waited for him to jump up so I could move on and go back to sleep. And that's when I heard him, talking to his friend in the other room. I was frozen. I know that there's sleep paralysis, and lucid dreaming, and something that will probably explain this, but I would have sworn on my son's life that someone had crawled across the floor and jostled the bed. Eventually... I worked out of the fear enough to grab my phone and text my husband to come in and turn on the lights and check under the bed. Still boggles me how real that felt. Not a glitch, paranormal. Probably a ghost. I mean, it's just gross, isn't it? It just reminds me of that urban legend with the girl and the dog where she puts her hand out and the dog dog licks her hand and then if she wakes up in the morning, it turns out the dog had already been dead and it was like an intruder that licked her hand. Oh, remember, there's like a writing on the wall or something, isn't it, that says humans can lick too. (laughs) I don't know, I would be... I think my first thought would be intruder. Yeah. I don't think I'd be like, oh my God, it's something paranormal. But I would be equally as scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is scary, undoubtedly. I'm not diminishing the scare factor. I just don't think this is a glitch story. I think this is a spoopy story. If you ever decided to crawl into the bedroom... I wouldn't do it to you. I'm a wuss. You're talking to the man that climbed into a wardrobe to jump out on his mum and then... <laughs> And then got so worried that he was going to scare her to the point of a heart attack that he sat inside the wardrobe while his mum cleaned the room and then waited until she left and then got back out of the wardrobe. So there's no chance I'm doing this to you, is there? Was this last year? It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are, you are just too adorable. I couldn't do it. So yeah, you wouldn't find me doing that. Because I'd also, the other thing is I would also hate someone doing it to me. So Oh, I would I would never do something like this to you because I would, like you, I would genuinely be afraid. I'd end up hitting you as well, which is not a good thing. <laughs> but I would be afraid that you would have a heart attack and die with your heart mm. condition. And imagine, imagine your cause of death being scared to death by an unthinking <laughs> wife. How shit would that... Would I be arrested for murder? I might be. Because you could argue it was premeditated, considering yeah. I know you have heart disease, <laughs> yeah, you know? True. I mean, I'm not going to be arguing anything because I'm dead, but... <laughs> if you enjoyed this week's episode, there are loads of ways that you can contact us and you can find them all on www.reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can find the links to our social medias, the email address where you can send your own stories to and also the link to our Patreon where for $5 or $2 a month you get heaps of extra content. That is patreon.com forward slash stories. You can also pay for an entire year if you feel so inclined And I would like to say a massive thank you to everybody who has been leaving us lovely reviews. I can see our most recent reviews on Charitable, which is lovely. And it's very nice to see people saying lovely things about us. But I'm still trying to figure out a way to get all of our old reviews. 
somebody said that it's like a plugin or something you can get for your website, but I literally don't even know what that means. And they sent me the link and everything and instructions, but all of it, it was like reading in another language for me. So I need to still figure it out. Um, so thank you to everybody for leaving us lovely reviews. If you continue leaving us reviews, we are really happy about it. Also, what are you doing this month? I'm raising money for the charity campaign against living miserably, which is a suicide awareness prevention and intervention charity in the UK who do some really good work with particularly in the field of men's mental health so obviously that's being a man that kind of rings home to me which is really cool so I've been playing a new horror game every month every month every day this month on Twitch and I'm raising money the link to the fundraising page will be in the description of this episode along with all the links from all the stories of this week and on that note We shall see you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.